My guest today is Chelsea Stark. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to me here on Quality Control. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Charlie? Not too shabby. We're here to talk about today Monster Hunter World, which you wrote up the review for here at Polygon.com. When did you get your hands on this thing, if you mind me asking? I think it was, um, so it would be two Fridays ago, around the 13th or 12th of January. That's fairly generous. It's like a couple of good weeks. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a good amount of time, which I really appreciated because Monster Hunter is a long game. Now, this thing is multi-platform, coming out to Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Are they all simultaneous? Should they all be available right now? No, PC is not going to be available till fall, and they haven't announced a specific date for that yet. And obviously, it's from Capcom, but this is this is quite the storied franchise. It's like one of those cult hits, right? I feel like Monster Hunter is where Dark Souls was when it was Demon Souls, right? Like lots of people really love this game, but I, I don't feel like it's so mainstream yet. Is Am I missing that or? No, no, no. Well, I mean, the huge Monster, Monster Hunter fan base is in Japan. It's a bigger hit there. It is a smaller hit here. It kind of started to pick up steam here in the last two or three iterations. Uh, especially when the 3DS kind of became even more of a, a popular system. Uh, it's, it's It was getting bit, bigger here, but there's always been kind of a way that Monster Hunter does things that no other gaming franchise does things. And then some of those like really specific animations, kind of control schemes that don't jive with a lot of things that people expect, um, menus upon menus upon menus, there's just a lot of, reasons for people to stay away to feel intimidated by monster hunter and monster hunter world is stripping some of that away i wouldn't say all of it there's still a lot of stuff to learn but it feels a lot more accessible if you want to start out well let's take it down to zero then let's pretend that some of our listeners have never even heard of this before what is monster hunter who am i what am i doing when this game begins oh it's perfect it's an easy to explain thing because you're just hunting monsters. Um, there's a little bit of mythology backstory. You're in kind of a, um, I would say like pre-electricity kind of world. It's a little bit primitive. There's lots of lush jungles and crazy landscapes. And you are sailing to this new island full of gigantic monsters that you have to hunt. And they are they are absolutely that. They are gigantic things. I'm looking at some of the stills here in your review, and they're just, they fill the screen. They, they go outside of the frame of the screen. They're so big. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely true. You feel the scale of yourself when you're fighting these things. Like, you'll end up spending time below the monster's legs or rolling around them to try to dodge their attacks. Like, I think one of the most amazing things about Monster Hunter uh, World is that you feel the scale of these monsters. You feel like scared at some of them. Like you'll literally, your character literally gets stunned a little bit when the monsters roar really loudly, just by like based on the how intense they are and scary they are. They are, they all have really cool AI. They're all very different and distinct from each other. It's one of the most impressive parts of the game that it feels like a big scary ecosystem <laughs> your main foe of course as you mentioned in your review zora magdaros tell me about zora zora is if if this 
you know, if the regular monsters of Monster Hunter were just maybe normal-sized people, Zora Magdaros is a skyscraper. It's the biggest monster. It's like the big boss of the game, and you end up encountering it more than once as you try to basically figure out, like, the goal of the game is figure out the reason that the Zora Magdaros is here, that it's attacking us or that's coming for us. But you'll, it's, it's like this giant lava monster that looks like a skyscraper covered in magma. It's, it's cool and, and scary and interesting. Yeah. You say in your review that the monsters have an uncanny style of movement that gives them life while also communicating how you're doing in a fight. What, what does that mean? Um, a lot of the times you're in, I mean, like there's no health bar for your enemies, which I think is a, a really interesting design choice. So you kind of need to in tune from your enemies movements, how they're doing. That means like if they are poisoned or sleepy or stunned, any of the health status effects you can bring upon them, you'll, you know, those you'll see them like drool purple for the poison. You'll see them start to get like wear and tear. They look a little more messed up as they get more hurt. And then they'll start to limp when they're finally like feel, uh, you know, extremely worn down. That's really cool. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I kind of bounced off of Bloodborne pretty hard when Bloodborne came out. And similarly, but not as much with each of the Dark Souls games over the years, because I just didn't, I didn't feel that there was this feedback that you're describing. And it sounds really interesting to me to to be doing something visible that's reflected to have impact on the enemies rather than just them just be a pile of hit points. Exactly. Like you'll see some of their spikes break off if they're kind of getting worn down or like you'll see maybe the wings start to look a little messed up. It's just like really cool to see all the small stuff and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting somewhere because otherwise without that and without a health bar, you'd be really like, well, I guess I'm, am I making headway? Am I doing the right things? You know, you need that feedback. Another way that uh, the, the game, at least on 3DS when I played it, Monster Hunter gave me a little bit of feedback in, in the lore and the environment and this kind of fictional ecology that it has. Like it, it really does. It, it did a good job in my perspective on 3DS of, of making a believable world. Tell me about the world building that they do in Monster Hunter World. So they've every single section of the game you visit feels like a, an ecosystem in that there's tiny little critters running around. There's bugs. There's kind of like larger, I would like call them small dinosaurs almost, like prey, uh, like that are wandering around. They're more herbivore types. And you can just like see all these things. You can catch bugs. You can fish. You can experience this whole world and see how it interacts with each other. Um, the uh, the monsters also fight with each other. Like the AI is smart enough that you'll have your fight inter- interrupted by maybe even a bigger, scarier monster because it's all kind of like a big teaming ecosystem that interacts with each other. Another unique part of the Monster Hunter lore are, correct me if I'm wrong here, they're called palicos? That's right, palicos. What's a palico, Chelsea? Oh my god, it's a kitty. (laughs) Uh, Palicos are like, they call them felines with a Y. It's like a, it's a cat race of people that live alongside of humans in this world. And the ones that have like volunteered to help the hunters are called palicos, but there's, there's different types of them out through the world. Um, So you get to the best thing about monster hunter world is that unlike other ones where you would maybe like pick up and dismiss palicos along the way, you get to customize your palico at the beginning. And like the customization palette is huge in my opinion, because you get to play with all the fur colors and stuff. And then that palico stays with you and levels up with you 
through the whole game. That's rad. So you not only get to customize like your own avatar, but you get to like customize your kitty familiar. Uh-huh. Right oh, at the start of the game. That's really great. <laughs> um, now, notoriously, notoriously difficult is the Monster Hunter series. And I want to talk about that difficulty curve and also the game's end game. But first, I want to have a quick message from this week's sponsor. Is your New Year's resolution to get a better night's sleep? Are you struggling to get some shut-eye? If you answered yes, I think you're in luck because I've got a good tip for you. Head on over to Mattress Firm, America's neighborhood mattress store. They're going to let you stretch your budget further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep in 2018. But they're more than just the mattress experts. They've actually got the whole package. They're going to help you transform your mattress into a bed with things like adjustable bases and sheets, headboards, and bedroom decor. They've got you covered literally and figuratively. Now, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see the deals that I'm talking about right now. They're even going to give you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure that you're happy with your purchase. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. We are back on Polygon's Quality Control talking with Chelsea Stark, this week's game, Monster Hunter World. Now, like the Dark Souls, it's it's not like Dark Souls, but like the Dark Souls, it's very hard, this series. Like, am I going to bounce off of this thing the same way, though, that I did, like, the, the first Dark Souls with Bloodborne? Is it just going to be crushing me and sending me back with nothing to <laughs> nothing for my troubles? I mean, I would I would still say there are, the hard edges have been sanded off, but you're going to need to spend a little time like learning from someone else. I think that there's there's still a little bit of research involved, especially with things like the weapons. The game does a good job of teaching you the intro combos and things like that. But a lot of the weapons have more advanced techniques and to like get into them. I would just say go to YouTube. There's a, a lot of actually really amazing videos on how to use these weapons already that are really digestible and that's kind of some of the stuff where i'm like this takes work the first i i mean i played this in osaka for a two-day preview event in october and i'd say by the end of the first day i was feeling a little demoralized just because there's so many things you're still learning but i also after this after the second day i learned so much more was able to understand the game and then now playing it in review i can see how much i've grown and how much I've improved in like my weapon handling for the stuff I wanted to master. And that just feels so rewarding. So yes, there's going to be a challenge. It's not going to be like the perfect learning curve. Um, but it's really rewarding in that sense that when you do stick to it. Is it as roguelike though? Is it going to like set me back to zero when I die or, or do oh, I God, no, okay. no, it's no, uh, you can, you do have quests that you like, you can fail and succeed a quest and quests are the main way that, uh, you're given missions and like you faint three times, you're just sent back to the main game screen and you can retry again. There's not like, I mean, the only thing you lose is some time, but it's not, it's not like losing all your stuff and having to retrieve it. How does multiplayer work in this game? And is it effective? Uh, multiplayer works, I would say pretty well um, because you, you're able to join friends in a session and do quests along with them. Some of the stuff is really great because you can just post a quest and your friends can hop in. The stuff that I found frustrating is say if like I have friends that are trying to catch up to me and they 
some of them have even reached the same level as me, but they haven't progressed the story. So they can't play quests that I have had, like, because they're like, well, the story is an update or they still have to watch a cutscene to join a quest or like, I still have to wait for them to watch a cutscene before I want to join one of their quests. There's like weird roadblocks. I'm like, well, it's almost there. And I can understand that like, you want to make sure your players get all the story. But at the same time, if you want this seamless experience, you might, like, I feel like that's a really random requirement. Sounds like they're, they've got to be like syncing something or streaming something in while that's going on. There's no, there's no reason that should be happening other than that, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I got a couple of questions here from Twitter. Um, Joshua asks, I love the Dark Souls series primarily for its combat. Uh, are the controls considerably clunkier compared to that game? Though? No, I wouldn't. I would say the controls are much more streamlined because now um, you have you have the ability to take ranged weapons, for example, and those very much feel like a modern first person shooter using your you know your triggers and bumpers. Um, most of the melee weapons are just one to two different buttons, and then like your either your power charge or another move is mapped to R2. It's a, uh, I feel like somewhat streamlined. So the, the combat is, you know, you're building combos, but it's only two or three different buttons. Dr. B dandy wants us to drill into the weapons a little bit. What does the game do to make the weapons feel different from each other? And are these differences significant? Can two or three totally different types of players enjoy this game? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Um, one of the, some of the weapons are fluid combo heavy kinds of things um you know like the dual blades is one the insect glaive which i've been using is another where you you feel like you can kind of um combo from one move to another there there are more complex heavy weapons like the lance which you know rely a lot more on defending not every i mean not every weapon has a shield for instance that's one way that things are different uh they're the ranged weapons that i talked about so there's different kinds of bows and uh you can you they they really do all feel differently. Like their weight is different. Some weapons are extremely slow. Like the great sword is, it's pretty slow. You know, this, this, it, and when I say weapons, I mean weapon classes because you eventually can build two or three versions of this weapon. So that is like kind of distinct there. It's almost like there are 14 different classes in this game and the weapons each make them feel distinct. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, you know, aside from being very challenging, aside from requiring kind of a a nerd Sherpa to get you into it as far as multiplayer goes and, and educating you and getting you up to speed, it the, the the Monster Hunter series is known to be a little grind heavy. This time around, though, this is, as you say in your review, the first real modern interpretation of the Monster Hunter series. We live in kind of a different era. Grind has now been reformatted into, you know, a long lifespan game as service game as platform and and john r smith the third gets to that since the armor sets are the only real progression does the end game just end up with all your friends having the exact same armor set are there ways to keep older sets viable in the late game what does that progression look like and is it enough to keep this thing going i mean i think that they so there's a lot of different ways that the end game progresses along with armor there's also like your you're unlocking a lot of different types of armor. So yeah, I would say like there is a point where your older armor is less effective, except there's like vanity options where you could still wear the older armor is like almost like a glamor. Like that's what people will see, but you're still wearing the more uh, like, you know, 
level appropriate stuff underneath. Um, I think that they're, they, they do a lot to ramp up the challenge in this game at the end where you're, you, you, once you reach, reach high rank, there's way more monsters that are unlocked. There's more sections of the world. There's more kinds of quests. Um, Monster Hunter is very much about like, you know, increasing your, the, the challenge that you set up for yourself and then doing it with friends as well. And I think they, um, they do that some now it's hard to say because from what I understand of the old games, there was certainly a lot more to play. Like the old games are like 200 to 400 hour affairs. And it's hard to say like, okay, this game is five <laughs> days after release. Like what are, you know, like, okay. I, I can't see the future, but I know the creators have promised that all DLC will be free. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be loot boxes or anything like that. So it's very much a, we want to support the players for a long haul is what I would okay. Well, that remains to be seen. It's something that we'll continue to cover and look into at Polygon. So I, again, to not to lean too hard into the, into the Dark Souls comparison, when I went into that game, I went into it fairly blind, but a friend of mine said, you know, grab yourself the sorcerer, lean on that fireball, and you will survive the first few levels. How would you tell somebody to start off in Monster Hunter if they're coming to it fresh? Um, I would say pick up, uh, simpler weapons like the sword and shield or maybe the um, something, I mean, the hammer, something like that, that are kind of like a little less complex. There, there are weapons that are just more complex. Uh, not to totally eat our own dog food, but read the guides on Polygon. We've done a lot of work to try to streamline the things for people. Um, just spend a lot of time kind of poking through each menu, figuring out like the little pieces and, and watch a couple YouTube videos. Uh, but the, the things that will start to make it easier is when you get out there and start killing monsters. Cool. Well, yeah, no, I've, I've been absolutely floored with the amount of effort that Dave Tack and his team have put into those guides. They're, they're big and beautiful and kind of in our, the style of our features layout. So they really, they read well on a tablet. So you can kind of have that second screen open up there for you. Um, so yeah, good call there. Um, well, thanks, Chelsea. I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, it was so great to talk about Monster Hunter and share that with everyone else. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We have a whole lot more today over at Polygon.com. We actually have a review of Shadow of the Colossus by Chris Plant up right now. And we've got some conversation about PUBG's loot box system. Destiny 2's servers came down today. We'll tell you why when we've got another game to talk about. This is Charlie Hall for Chelsea Stark. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Media Podcast Network.